Twitter, triple zero is the anti-hot take sports show. I am your host, Josh Buckhalter. Be sure to follow me on Twitter at Josh G. Buck. Hit the Facebook page, Clocker Sports, website, clockersports.com, and the email address is clockersports at gmail.com. You can also follow the show on Facebook and Twitter at three zeros pod. That is the number three zeros and pod. Had to jump on and do a quick pod, man. It's been a while. Uh, had some plans to cover draft weekend. Nels fell through, so didn't know how to really kind of rebound, obviously. Uh, so I found a way by just doing it. And so we're going to do that today in today's episode. We're going to, uh, just kind of recap my favorites, dislikes from the draft, moments that I liked with dislike. Obviously, I'm going to cover the Hawks and the Bulls. And then also, um, cover the, the early stages of free agency that's already has had a lot of movement, uh, from team to team, uh, player wise, obviously. I don't know why I would say player wise. What else would it be? It wouldn't be ownership, right? Anyway. Uh, so we're going to cover those, those two things. Really, the only two things that are happening right now in the NBA and the NFL is, uh, free agency, in the NBA, or the, rather the draft wrapping up and now heading into the free agency period. The NFL is in a respite. They are in a, in a bit of a, in a bit of a, uh, uh, um, that's not right. Not respite. What is the word I'm looking for here? Uh, they're just taking a break, alright? They're on hiatus right now because it's, it's, they got the, the, the layoff before training camp opens up. So they won't be back for another couple, what, six weeks? Something like that, I, I want to say. Um, so we got some time and in that time, we're going to cover some of the stuff that I, again, that I loved and I hated from the draft. And, um, so, you know, Quick draft, quick, very late, very, very late. I understand. Thank you for bearing with me. I appreciate that. Um, uh, draft recap and then, uh, uh, also late, obviously, uh, free agency preview, but we got to get something going because man, I can't let this time go without addressing some of the stuff that's been going on. It's just been a lot. It's been an awful lot. And so before I continue, like, share, subscribe the video, um, uh, Retweet the, the the podcast when you see it come out on Twitter and social media. Uh, uh, follow the, the 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 handles and also read the stuff. Last word on pro football. Uh, soaring down south, heavy on bulls, and of course you can get everything aggregated at uh, clockersports.com. So without further ado, hold on, let's try that one more time. Without further ado. There we go. A little technical difficulties, man. That actually wiped out my last recording that I was going to have to try to make up for the plans for uh, Draft Night Falling Through. We're going to kind of cover this a couple of days ago, but I couldn't get something to go right. And when technology doesn't go right in one spot, it tends to make other things fail, too. And it was just all bad. But we're here now. We're back, and we got it going. So let's talk about the NBA draft. And the first thing I have to say is Paolo Bancaro. Yes, sir. I said it before the draft. Uh, Paolo would have been my top choice. I'm not going to act like I know that that's for – Knock down, bang him up. You know, that's, that is the guy. He was my favorite player. Um, was not impressed with Jabari in the, uh, against Miami in the tournament. Uh, Chet, I like Chet too, but I think Chet is a little bit further away in terms of how, I mean, maybe not. I could be wrong because his body type has, has not been a, uh, uh, a, a, uh, negative to him at this point. No, right. So he'll, he'll figure it out, but I just like Paolo's complete package, uh, as the number one overall pick. And then, you know, if we're going to follow history, historic trends here, that tells me that the Magic got the guy because the Magic tend to find those guys at number one overall, Shaq, Dwight, right? And those guys become really, really good. So if nothing else, he might not stay there very long, but Paolo should have a pretty uh, um, lucrative career ahead of him if he if everything goes right. Knock on wood. Next up, you had Chet Holmgren. I like that pick because I like Thunder, the Thunder going for swings for the fences. If you're going to have all these picks and you're going to be really bad, keep on taking unicorns, man. Keep on taking the most unique players in every draft class until you hit on the guy, and then maybe you hit on another guy before that guy makes you guys too good to get one of those people again. And try to build that way. All this going for safe and all that kind of stuff doesn't often make sense to me, especially when you're this bad because you're bad because you you probably did a lot of that playing it safe and trying to go for it. You better go for it now, especially, especially if you're a smaller market team. Uh, I've often said that small market teams are, you know, basically uh, – 
farm systems for the larger markets, right? Guys can't wait to run to Los Angeles, Miami. And we'll talk about some of that, that craziness going on too in the second part of the show. Um, but if you're going to be a bad team and you're a small market team, damn it, you better swing for the fences with all of your might because you might not get many chances to take the ball yard. So I think you got to go for it when you can. And then honestly, that's what changes your, your culture in that regard is, is hitting on those players. And the Thunder have done it. So let's not act like they haven't done it before. They've had, they've had, um, that kind of a group be assembled via the draft before. Um, now they got home run putting them with Poku. They got the Finn Towers, right? You still got SGA there. I'm not so sure that Shy Gilgis Alexander fits that timeline as much as they want to, you know, they want to argue about. It. And I guess you do need some kind of an older kind of a bridge guy. Uh, but they're not going to be good for any time under that contract, in my opinion. And, and, so we'll see, but I, in, that, in the West, as the West is also improving, I just don't see that being um, the way to go about it. If you are, if you're the Thunder, go for the swing for the fences, man, and just try to uh, try to do something. And if you want to get rid of Shai Gilgis Alexander, you can get a hell of a haul for him. You don't have to. You still got Josh Giddy as well, so you got really good players um, to build around. If they if they figure out if any of them can be a superstar. That's the big question. That's what you have to have to win. And then on the, on top of that, you need another all-star with that guy to, to help you take over the, uh, the, some other games when you're all, when you're a superstar is not, uh, cooking on all cylinders. And then you gotta have a star level guy who maybe is not night in, night out, but he's, he's got the name. He's got the, 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 the track record of being able to put up big numbers and stuff like that. You gotta have the three levels, even if we don't still call them a big three. I think it's just, we've redefined. Um, what you need from those three, but you definitely need three, you know, principal figures to do things on your team. I, I believe still the Kings went with the first, uh, and we won't, we're not going to go through the entire draft. I'm going to probably start skipping around here, uh, soon, probably after this pick, to be honest with you. Um, now I'll go to Jaden Ivy. No, I'll, I'll skip that. Too. Yeah. The Kings with the, with the, the, the curveball taking Keegan Murray out of Iowa over Jaden Ivy out of Purdue. Now, I get you don't want to have the redundancy with the guard room. They had Jaren Fox. They just had to trade Tyrese Halliburton because they took Davion Mitchell. Um, you got Terrence Davis there still, but Jaden Ivey is the best pro- prospect on the board at that point in time, and I just don't know why you wouldn't take him and try to work out a deal later. Figure it out later. Um, he's going to a situation Ivy is in Detroit where him and, and Kate are good shooters. They're not great. They're not great shooters. They're okay shooters. So I'm not I'm not so sold that the fit with the Kings would have been so bad that they had to pass him up to take Keegan Murray on top of the fact that I think that you could have taken him, gotten a Keegan Murray or gotten somebody comparable and moved Jay Knight for additional assets. I, I that just seems like a very that's the move that I was just talking about with the Thunder, right? Maybe you do like Keegan Murray's fit, but you don't pick for fit when you're drafting fourth overall. That's just not you draft for upside. Chicago Bulls, perfect example. And I'm going to get to them in a second because they're, they're kind of pissing me off. And I'm just going just to put that out there. Not, not really pissing me off, but just like, ow, it's, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a want thing versus the reality. And the reality of the situation is they're moving, they've, they've always moved to their own rhythm, to their own, at their own pace. So my, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go, because I want to write about a type attitude doesn't bother anybody. They don't care about me. They don't care about little old me, right? That's not their concern. But at the same time, Let's go. Make a move. I digress. Um, the rest of the draft, there was some, some other surprises. Um, the, the New York Knicks traded all up and down and back around. And at the time, it seemed to confuse a lot of people. I understood where it was going. I think a lot of people understood where it was going too. So let me not act like the majority of people were confused by it. That was not the case. Uh, but it definitely was one that was like, hmm, had some eyebrows raised. And now, um, we know why. And I'll talk about that again in the next part of the show. Uh, other, other interesting picks here. 
The Blazers drafting Shaden Sharp. I wonder if that's a pick, uh, a draft pick to be using a trade later. Not sure if they have the use for Shaden Sharp. Well, you still have Dame. Just re-signed Anthony Simons. Um, still have Josh Hart there. I'm not sure that I, I, I totally understand the Shaden Sharp pick. A guy that did not play last year uh, at the University of Kentucky. So that, that was a weird one. Um, rest of it was kind of, kind of cut and dry. Uh, the Hornets didn't really want to get Jalen Durant. He ended up going um, to Detroit. The Hornets ended up taking Mark Williams of Duke, so they had two shots at, at centers and ended up drafting one. Hawks took AJ Griffin, and I want to talk, let's 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 go there because the Hawks trade or draft of AJ Griffin seemed to confuse a lot of people, um, and at the time it had me scratching my head because a shooter with a frame for a defender that last part has not quite showing up in Griffin's game consistently yet. Not yet. He has, the, he has the ability to. He's a knockdown shooter. He's very young, though. He's only 18, and we know how difficult it is for young guys to get on the court with Nate McMillan. So that was an interesting pick uh, just from that regard. As far as the fit on the floor, I was always a wait and see. Like I, Hawks fans were blasting it. It was funny. Hawks fans are very, very in the moment. I, I love it. Um, but I, I, I thought about that because I'd written about him earlier in the year. Like They were talking about the Hawks trading up into the like the top five to try to get this guy. So for him to fall at 18 is a steal, no matter how you want to look at it. Um, but it didn't make a lot of sense until we found out that the Hawks were going to make a blockbuster trade. And then we'll talk about that again in the next part of the show. You guys stick with us, man. We're almost wrapped up here with the draft segment. I just had to, a couple more notes to hit on the Hawks and of the Bulls, who drafted Dale and Terry out of Arizona. A wing, six foot seven, has some playmaking ability, can shoot it. Not a great shooter, but can shoot it. Has great athleticism and, and terrific energy. Um, and the pick itself is maybe underwhelming just because of all the stuff that the Bulls talked about they needed. He addresses a couple of them, but he's down the rung on a, on a, on on the totem pole, so you don't really see um the path immediately to to playing. And they admitted as much that he's gonna have to, you know, kind of bide his time until some injuries cause a, 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 a him to jump into the game and have to provide something and then they'll go from there. And that's fine. But the energy, the energy I think is something that's very key because with two young players on the roster and Patrick Williams and Kobe White, Kobe White, by the way, is expected to at least start the season with the Bulls. I have been preparing myself for that for a while because as much as I think that they should try to trade him, it's hard to trade a guy at his bottom value when you know, A, you could use what he provides, and B, you know he's more valuable than what people are trying to give you right now. And I know that the 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 uh Feeling on Kobe is lukewarm at best in this sound, but at the same time, the man shot a career high 38.5% from the floor, from three point range. The Bulls need three point shooters. It would make sense to at least know you have a shooter before you were put to, before you move on a shoot from a shooter. And that was not the deals that we were hearing. We were hearing about Matisse Thibel, um, we were hearing about Taylor Horton Tucker. And if you notice, both of those guys are long, lengthy defenders, but they don't shoot very well. That's, we got that in Dale and Terry and then somebody, if he can come along quick, That'll be great because the other guy in that conversation that I was just talking about, Patrick Williams, definitely has to have a big year this year because it it, it it's all signs are pointing to Patrick Williams breaking out being the biggest move of the Bulls all season. He went to go train out with DeMar DeRozan out in California, uh, but entering his third year, we're still hearing the same things about, you know, it's on me to go and be aggressive. And my teammates are asking me, and I'll send a third. I know I can't just have to go do it. And I've been of, I've been of the mindset, like, you know, you really can't teach that kind of thing. Like, even if you can get somebody to do it, 
You're going to have to coax them to do it a lot. And I think we see something similar. Obviously, this is a whole different situation, but it's similar in terms of, of motivation and finding that fire. A guy like DeAndre Ayton, who we all thought it was a heartwarming moment to see Monty Williams on the sideline during the uh, NBA Finals, or was it the play this past year? The playoffs? This past year, the playoffs, I believe it was, where he was telling them, you know, go out there and be great or go out there and, and make an impact. And we all thought it was, it was him uplifting his player in a, in a, in a uh, tough moment. No, he was pleading with that man. And I don't think it gets to that point with Patrick Williams or Kobe White. You don't have to plead with them. They'll go out there and do stuff, but there's so many times where they can get in there. It's almost the issue that they had with Wendell, right? Wendell would start off hot, but something would go wrong. He would get in his head, and you wouldn't hear from him the rest of the game. That's what I I fear we get with a Patrick Williams and a Kobe White. And for all the people heard from Magic fans that want to talk about how the Bulls got fleeced in that deal, I you could say that now, and it, it probably is true at this point because it has not, obviously, the Vooch thing is, is not going uh, great for the Bulls. We'll see how it works out this year as they've all had Austin to adjust to everything. But I'm of the belief that Carter doesn't do what he did in Orlando if he remains in Chicago. I just don't think that that happens because I think that that sometimes makes something click for guys. I could be wrong. That's fine. I'm just telling you, I really do believe that uh, if, if he stayed in Chicago, that it wouldn't be any much any better than – what the Bulls are at best or, or what it was before that because it was his, it was his timidness sometimes, him getting in his head. And that's what you see from Patrick Williams. He has those moments where he goes out and flashes like that game, the, uh, the final game of the season against the Timberwolves with nobody in the lineup. And it's like, all right, well, the Timberwolves played their guys, but the Bulls didn't have their guys. And I know that you are, are deferential, but it can't be to a fault, right? He's he's used to the point forward role, so maybe that's where you start going with it, where you have him and Lonzo running as your your facilitators for the most part, and you get Zach and and Demar cutting and and in their in their shooting pockets. But you need more than that. He's been billed as more than that, and I just don't know if we've seen it. It's almost like uh the situation with the Hawks and DeAndre Hunter, which is an interesting one because they're they're talking about extending the guy, and the whole season the beat is like, hey man. This dude is, is not really living up to what his billing was. He's had some injury issues. His offense is, has shown up at times. The defense is not what it was cracked up to be in terms of uh, being that lockdown guy. Now, granted, the Hawks didn't have much around us, so that would make anybody look worse. But watching him a lot of times just get blown by and have bad reads was kind of a, a disappointing thing. Now, gr- injuries could have played a part in that. But that plays into, why you know, slow the roll on the, on the extension talk. Not that they shouldn't extend him. But I'm hearing it could approach $100 million. And if that's the case, yikes. That's a lot of money. $100 million for a guy that's had the injury issues that he's had, that whose ceiling is quite – do you know? <laughs> John Collins is the Hawks' oldest, longest-tenured player. And he and DeAndre Hunter are the same age. Now, he's a year older. I believe he came in the year before as I double-check my information here so I don't you know, say anything wild. But the point is they are the same age. And the Hawks are already trying to move off of that contract, John Collins, that is, because they paid him to not lose him for anything, but now they can't get anybody to take him off their hands. And I don't know if it's – I don't know what they're asking for in return, so that's part of it. But I, I do know that if they're asking for something significant, you can't let out that, you know, where he's done and that they've tried to move him. Like, there's a lot of stuff out there now to just sit back and, and, and let this be. Not to say they got to take whatever's offered to them. But it definitely makes things makes you wonder, like, what are you asking for that you can't move a guy that has the talent, right? One of like six players, seven players in the NBA last year, just averaged 16 with three. Not a not a big group. It's not a big group. So I, I'm I'm ah, ah I don't know I don't know I, I just know that uh 
the return for Collins can replenish what they gave up in their blockbuster deal. And for the Bulls, you know, drafting Dale and Terry might not be an outright signal to Patrick Williams and Kobe White, but damned if it's not a signal to Patrick Williams and Kobe White. Both got Kobe's injured the last year of his contract. Like we, they've got to, they've got to show it this season because they're the Bulls aren't going to, they can't afford to wait for them to come to pick it up and get it. I, I, and again, I'm I'm skeptical of Williams being able to find that switch that makes him an aggressive basketball player, something he's been doing his entire life already. I, I, I struggle to see him being able to, you know, oh, you know what? That's right. I have to go be aggressive now and being able to maintain that like the Bulls would need. I just I just don't see it. Um, the Rockets had a great draft. I I, I said I like Paolo because I felt like he was the most ready to go. But Jabari's fit with with the young guys in Houston as a shooter, as a defender, as a big wing, perfect, perfect. And he doesn't have to be the man there, which I think was going to be an issue for him too, because like I said, he can get kind of timid at times. You don't want that in your top guy. Slide in. You can say he should be the top guy in, in Houston. That's fine. It's Jalen Green's team. Jalen Green has the personality. Um, I think his game will come along with that as well. And so I think that that's a, a really, really good spot for him um, there in Houston. And then they came back and they got Tari Eason uh, with the 17th pick right before the Bulls. Eason was a Bulls target. I do wonder if you could be a fly on the wall or you could give uh, Arturis Karnaschovas some true serum. Would he say that if Tyrese was on the board, that's who the pick would have been? Or would it still have been Dar- Dalen Terry? I don't know. Dalen Terry sounds great. He sounds like he's, he, he wants to be in Chicago, and that's always uh, a nice piece of, of, of information. Easton would have been nice to have, but I'm not upset at the pick of Terry, if that makes any sense. Like One does not affect the other necessarily in that regard. Um, and then the Rockets also got Ty Ty Washington. And while that might not seem like much, I think that being able to have a third guard between Porter and Green will go a long way. Again, for a young team that's just trying to find its way, you just need bodies, people that can play and come out and do stuff. And who knows who ends up being the best out of that group, right? I said, I think it's Jalen Green, but you never know. Things happen. And I just like what they did. The Kings, are, or the Kings, the Rockets are picking up a lot of picks. Or I'm sorry, picking a lot of a solid players with their picks. And then, as we transition into our other part of the of the, the show... They also have an improving future draft capital thanks to the Brooklyn Nets situation with Kevin Durant. And I buried the hell out of this lead, but I had to do my draft recap. Um, Kevin Durant. <laughs> this man has requested a trade out of the Brooklyn, from the Brooklyn Nets. His top two destinations, the Miami Heat and the Phoenix Suns. It's a lot to unpack here. Uh, first thing, Kyrie Irving just opted into his final year of his contract, but I said at the time that I didn't think that that settled anything as much as it as it it enabled it settled the fact that they weren't going to be ex- um uh that they weren't going to be trying to extend him. I didn't think that was coming because I thought they would have worked that out. They didn't need him to to, to opt in for that. They would just worked out an extension. The opt in to me signaled a, a clear uh uh transition into you know next. Preparing for the next part of, of the Nets without a Kyrie Irving. Kyrie for his next chapter. And reports are that he is looking to team up with LeBron in L.A. next season if he can't find a way to get there this year. He's expect, he's planning on staying this year. <laughs> KD is about to shake up the landscape of the NBA once again for all the wrong reasons this time. I think I, it was somewhat admirable, and he don't care what we people think, so that's that's not what I'm talking about this for. I'm saying – Purely as a basketball fan, because I love chaos. As a, as a person who covers the NBA, I love chaos. As a fan, 
this one is weird because you left Gold State to prove that you could put together a squad. The squad you put together in Brooklyn was supposed to be a championship favorite on paper, but couldn't come together in its first permutation. You tried another one, a little half-assed, but you tried it, and now you're trying to run away again. And I, I, and maybe run away is the wrong word, whatever. But you guys are definitely not live the, the Nets definitely not live up to their 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 billing. Um, also, though, KD did not try to work something out, and not with Kyrie. Get Kyrie ass up on out of there. And I, it, the rumor is, the reports is that he was unhappy with how KD was unhappy with how the Nets front office handled Kyrie's situation and ended up not getting him to a multi-year deal. But that's on Kyrie. I, I, I and so I, I'm I'm questioning the business side. I get personally, but working with friends is not always the best decision. And as we see, it's it's rarely the most fruitful endeavor, and it can go sour fast because you're testing your loyalties, apparently. And it shouldn't be. It's clear cut. Hey, man, look, Kai, if you're not going to be locked in, bro, I got to be locked in. I'm trying to get a championship. You locked in? Okay, cool. Clearly, the Nets didn't feel that way. There's also some reports that KD told the owner. The owner did not tell the general manager. The general manager then worked out the stuff with Kyrie Irving. It's a mess. And that brings me to my point about the entire thing is that that's what they get. Because if there's a, if there is a, a poster team for not doing the, the super team building thing, it's the Nets. Putting together a, a group of talented players, individuals does not make you a team. We can't, we give LeBron crap for all the stuff that he's done, right? And, and putting together super teams, quote unquote. But LeBron put together functional groups. That at least if they had this this dysfunction, it did not come out until after the fact. This has been a, a constant with the Nets. And then you got Ben Simmons sitting in the locker room. So I don't blame KD for wanting to get out. No, don't get me twisted. I don't blame him at all. But it is it's a bad it's just bad optics, man. Point blank, period. And on top of that, your top two choices to leave are the the uh, last season's NBA Finals loser, right? And then the year before that's NBA Finals loser and the top seed from this year in Miami. Like, what, what, what? Now, sure that there are other teams on that list because getting to those destinations is going to be complicated. He has a, KD has a no trade clause. So that'll complicate things. But I would like to see at least some kind of effort from the Chicago Bulls to get up in this because they've watched Isaiah Hartenstein ink with the, uh, New York Knicks. They've watched, and I'm not saying that they were going after these guys. I'm literally saying they've watched as it's happened. Um, PJ Tucker, who they were rumored to be in on, is going to the, uh, to the, uh, to the Philadelphia 76ers. Mo Bamba returned to the Magic. Right? Like, it's, it's all going side. These are all rumored targets. We don't know who they are pursuing. But I will say, if you're going after somebody, you might want to get to cooking. Because it won't last. Now, I will say this too. Hartenstein going to New York, who knows what that means because he seems like he was a guy who was uh, preparing himself or gearing up to, to go into a, a larger role. But reports are the Knicks are preparing to sign Mr. Robinson back to a multi-year deal. As a Bulls fan, someone who wants to see them you know, improve their team, knowing that they were linked to Mr. Robinson, I would like to see him move on. But I digress. There's also reports that the Bulls are going to pursue Andre Drummond. I'm all – listen, you want to bring in Big Penguin? That works for me. Get somebody who adds not only rebounding, some toughness in deep, because he's not really a rim protector, but he can, he's a, he's a wall inside. He's a massive individual. And listen, man, 
he brings some physicality, toughness. So, so we talk about needing paint, defense, and rim protection, all that stuff, but you also need some physicality up front. Vooch is a finesse guy. Um, and Thompson, for as much as he, you know, talked a good game, could not deliver it that way on the floor. And I just, I feel like what you're looking for could be that in, in Drummond. You won't be seeing them paired together on the floor, thank goodness. But, you know, you could. You, you could. And again, I just think that he's a, a good antithesis. Nah, that's not a good word for it. He's just a good complement to what Vucevic does, which is what General Manager Mark Eversley said that he wants to do. Um, also, Danilo Gallinari is a guy that if they get him, just don't play him, him and Vooch at the same time. Those two, they're going to be pretty nice offensively. It would scare the bejesus out of me to see them on defense together. Vucevic and Gallinari on the, at the same time? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Don't, don't do it. Don't, don't do it. Don't do it. Um, but the Bulls, man, I'm, I'm of the belief that, you know, betting on, uh, improved health and, and internal growth is one of the most dangerous games. Just ask the Hawks. The Hawks waited and now we can, we can, we can go right into it. The Hawks did that last offseason and at the trade deadline. What did they get them a first round out? Just like the Bulls. So, and they were in the Eastern Conference Finals last year. So regression is what's in order. Right, you can say you you ha- you plan on being healthy, but the guys who got hurt this year have been injury prone. Zach was hurt, has been hurt in his career. Lonzo's been hurt in his career. Caruso's been dinged up in his career. There's been a, there was a ton of other guys, obviously, but my point is just that you're not you're not working with guys who don't have histories on on being dinged up. So that one, I you know, good good luck, man. I I counting on internal development is very very dangerous game to play. Very risky. Very risky. The Hawks are paying four first-round picks and Gallinari to get DeJounte Murray. Now, it doesn't seem like a lot, but them picks are off in the future when they could be bad again. <laughs> you don't know what's going to happen. And I, I just I, I appreciate the Hawks going all in, despite Travis Lang trying to throw us off the scent trail, saying, uh, hey, well, there's not going to be an overhaul. It's going to be some minor tweaks. Listen, bro, I don't care if it's one move or not. When you trade four draft picks and a pretty vi- vital uh, role player at, in, in Gallinari for an all-star – one time or not, steals champ, right? I think that that's a that's that's a pretty significant maneuver there, there guy. So, um, yeah, I, I I've never bought that from Travis Link, and I just I I thought it was funny that he would even try to present that. Now there are reports that the Hawks were monitoring the KD situation, and they could still possibly, potentially, maybe, possibly only slightly, slight chance, still get involved in the K- Kevin Durant mixture. Kevin Durant and Trey Young are close. Also, Kevin Durant is close with Zach Levine and has some has has been complimentary and, and close. I, I think he's kind of close. Maybe? I don't know. With DeMar DeRozan as well. So that's where, that's where the Bulls hope comes. If he goes to Atlanta, man, that'd be rocking too. Cause him, DeJounte, and Trey is, that's, that's an, an interesting trio. But I would like to see it because I like to see successful things happen to the teams that I follow. So, <laughs> um, I'm, I'm selfishly, uh, rooting for that. For him to come to Chicago or to go to Atlanta. One of the two would be perfect. Um, but the Hawks are, are still anticipated to find a home for John Collins. They're still looking for possible deals for Kevin Herter. They're not going to sit on their, on their heels because they know what happens when you do that, especially as the other teams in your conference are getting better. So that's a long-winded way to say the Bulls better not stand on their hands. Um, they got to they gotta go do something because the rest of the East will catch up and surpass them if they just think that, oh, we'll be healthier next year. That's not how it works. So I want to run through uh, a few of the deals that I've seen today that I kind of liked. Um, before we get up out of here, just a quick episode, man. Like I said, I had to jump in. I haven't spoken with you guys in so long. I missed you. Um, as I'm sweating bullets here, this room is, is scorching hot. Um, Kevin Knox, former Hawks and forward, got back in that Cam Reddish deal. Um, is now going 
to the Detroit Pistons. I actually like that move. Uh, I, I, I don't know if I have too many opinions on it. I just saw it pop up, so I had to, I had to address it. Um, we've also got JaVale McGee, a potential Bulls target, uh, agreeing to a multi-year, three-year deal, $20 million with the Dallas Mavericks. That's a good one for them. They need rim protection, especially um, off the bench, and he's a good energy, good locker room guy, good team team uh, uh, team player. And so I like that one for them. Um, the Bulls, man, I forgot about the JaVale McGee thing. Like, he's from this. You got to get JaVale McGee. So that's a, that's a big miss out. A former Bull, Troy Brown, is going to the Los Angeles Lakers. Okay. Lakers are also signing Lonnie Walker because the Spurs rescinded their, their, uh, qualifying offer. Lakers getting it for the cheap, man. 6.5. That's a really good deal. He's hyper athletic, has some playmaking ability, can shoot, has good, good, uh, presence to his game, right? He's got, he's got an impact, uh, 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 to him, to him. I don't, I don't know if that makes sense, but I, I've often said that not all 20 points are the same, right? I feel like his 20 points matter. If that, whatever, take that for whatever it is. Um, what else? Had a lot of guys returning. Jay Sean Tate's going back to the, uh, to the Rockets. Dwayne Dedman's back to the Miami Heat. Victor Oladipo went back to the Heat on, I think, a two-year, $11 million deal. That was surprising because the reports the entire year have been that he was going to be gone. Um, the Milwaukee Bucks signed Joe Ingles for, to a one-year deal. I am not a big Joe Ingles fan because I think that his roles often, you know, puts him in a position to be kind of exposed, exposed on defense. He's not a, a terrible defender by any stretch. Um, but, Especially here in Milwaukee, if you're going to surround him with good defenders, go get a Joe Ingles. Smart, can defend, like I said, can shoot the ball, can play make. That's a guy that you want to have on your team, no doubt. Um, what else? What else did I like today? Uh, Daniel House is now a Philadelphia 76er. He joins P.J. Tucker. P.J. Tucker got a, a three-year, fully guaranteed, I think, $33 million deal. Good for him to secure a, a somewhat longer-term deal after being a journeyman for the past few years. I, I'm all good with that one, so um, I like that a lot. Bobby Portis is back to the Milwaukee Bucks. There was some hope, slight hope that the Bulls were going to go after him and try to bring him back to the crib because they let him go stupidly a few years ago. Didn't happen. He gone. Um, Malik Monk, two-year, $19 million deal with the Kings. See what I'm saying? If you're going to take Malik Monk, you could have taken a Jaden Ivey and gotten something back like a Malik Monk plus. I just don't get what the Kings are doing. And then it's not a bad deal. Two years, $19 million. You could probably flip that next year if you have to. Um, and And so I'm not really... I'm not really sweating now. DeAndre Jordan went to the Denver Nuggets, and that's a good move. They need a backup for for Jokic. The thing is, I'm not sure what he has left because everywhere he goes, they find ways and reasons to not include him and not play him. So I, I wonder if it's a more of a sign of the truth, the reality, than what we want to believe. Um, Gary Harris is extending with the Orlando Magic. What else do we have? We got some other good ones. James Harden's going to be resigning. Uh, Nick Clax is going to be resigning. Uh, Jalen Brunson. So the Mavericks getting Jalen Brunson on the five-year, 106 plus million dollar deal. We'll see if they expand it to make it a signing trade so that the Mavericks can get something back. Tampering. <laughs> and this ain't no snitching. This is what the, the talk is. But clearly there was something worked out there beforehand. The Bulls got taken a second round pick. This is why I say it's not tampering because I don't really care. Second round pick is it sucks, but it's not really a big deal. Um, that I think, you know, that's that's a clear sign of some tampering. I don't know. I'm sorry. It's one year, eleven million dollars. I got the screen flashing on the side of me. One year, eleven million dollar deal for Oladipo. Um, there are rumors of him and Jimmy Butler not getting along. That clearly is not the case. Um, Lou Dort, five years, eighty-seven million to stay with the with the Oklahoma City Thunder. Chris Boucher, three year, thirty-five million dollars. Like the bigs are going. The bigs are going off the board and the Bulls are sitting still. Free agent Daniel, uh, Tyus Jones, back to Memphis on the third. So it's a lot of guys resigning, as we see often, 
um, when the NBA season, because guys know that where their bread is buttered and chemistry is so important in the league that you don't disrupt that for anything, which is why as much as it disheartened me to hear Karnas Sovis and, and whatnot push their, their continuity with everybody so, so heavily this off season, I understood why, because you do want to see what happens when you guys actually can try to uh, build something together. Bradley Beal. Now he's not a free agent, but he definitely, definitely uh, signed a, Supermax, five-year, $251 million. Here's my issue with that. Same thing with Damian Lillard, who's working on a two-year, $100 million contract extension with the Portland Trailblazers. I don't want to hear anything about championships coming from those from them. Nothing. I don't want to hear you talking about you, you, you are trying to win. You are... Um, you are trying to lure people there to get you to win. All, none of that. You know why? Because not only did you stay in the town that's been kind of holding you back this entire time, but you take more money instead of sending more. Like, I, 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 there's no, there's no selling that. The 251 now, he can get paid and get traded. And somebody else will figure out a way to make it work. But you, you're, you're almost hamstringing the current organization because there's not much they can do after that. So you secured the bag. You did what you're supposed to do for you and your family. Job number one is done. Hands are clean. That's that's period. There's no there's no and on that. However, <laughs> as a basketball fan and somebody who wished they could do what you do for a living, right? I wish I had that ability. I, I guess that part kind of escapes me because when you do something competitive, you always expect people to be in that field to be the most competitive. And clearly, we see that some guys just aren't that way. At least when it comes uh, in terms of of winning the game's ultimate prizes. That's that to me is what I think that speaks to. Just because you can't say that you're doing both, it doesn't work that way. It just doesn't. Sure, it's going to be a lot more to come, but I had to get on, like I said, to give you guys something, uh, catch up on the draft, uh, kind of set the stage for what I expect to happen this weekend in the, in the free agency and everything like that. So, um, be sure to follow the show. Again, my name's Josh Buck. Keep me on Twitter, Josh Buck. Uh, follow me on Twitter, rather, Josh Buck. Uh, clockersports.com, uh, website clockersports.com, email just clockersports at gmail.com. Follow the show on Facebook and Twitter at three zeros pod. That's the number three zeros and pod. And of course, read the stuff. Last runner pro football soaring down south. Heavy on bulls and everything at Cocker Sports. Until the very next time. For-